0: I was still trying to heal and still trying to comprehend everything. And so as I'm getting all of these texts and calls, I just started becoming kind of angry.
1: Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. Welcome to episode 107. Today, I am speaking with Jennifer Lopez. Hi, Jennifer. Hello. Hi. We are going to call this episode Jennifer Lopez's story because we had another Jennifer one or two seasons ago. And where am I speaking with you from? Where Where are you in the United States? I'm
0: in California. West Coast. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Hence, why the sent or the Pacific time you yes, sent me. Yes, mm. <clears throat> We had a snowstorm last night, so I'm California is sounding <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's so actually much nicer. pretty nice and sunny today. So, sorry to rub it in.
1: <laughs> no, I love it. I love you. You picked a good place to live. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Miss Jennifer, we're going to make space for your story today. Wonderful. Thank so you. So why don't you Yeah, thank you. And why don't you just go ahead and start at the beginning and I'm I'm just going to kind of let you talk today.
0: Okay. So, growing up, I would tell everybody, you know, when they would ask me what nationality I am, I'd say, "Oh, I'm Filipino and white." And sometimes people would question me like, "You're not Hispanic of at all? And I would answer, "Mm, no, my dad's white. And one time a girl said, I don't think you're half white. And I said, "Mm, okay, well, what does she know? Apparently she could tell something that I had no clue of. So anyhow, going on, my family was a typical military family. We moved a lot when I was little. Um, I was born in the Philippines in 1977. My mom had two other Sons already. My dad, James, was such a loving man. He took my brothers in without questioning who, you know, who's, who they belonged to. He just knew that my mom didn't have a father for them, and he took them in and adopted them immediately. Um, So he was there from day one. My dad was the best provider. He was a good teacher, a loving man to the family, strict, but he was still very loving. My parents went on to have my little brother, James Jr., and there was the four of us. Um, When I was about 11 months old, that's when we came to the U.S., or my dad brought us back to the U.S., and we lived in California. And until the age of five, we moved back to the Philippines again, and we lived off base near Clark Air Force Base, where I was born. And um, we lived there until I was about nine years old. Then we were stationed in New Jersey for about a year. We moved back to California, and I've lived here ever since. I was a young mother. I had my first son at the age of 17. I moved out of my mom and dad's house. And I was one of those rebellious teenagers that wanted to be an adult you know, as soon as I could. And that's what I did. Uh, but my parents weren't too far away. My mom and I weren't able to get along when I lived with her. So when I moved out, we, were, we had much better of a bond after that. I think she understood my choices to be out of the house. I worked a lot. I did struggle some, but I never lacked help without my parents. Um, so I ended up having another son at 19. I met my husband, Nick. He was also the dad of two... Of- beautiful little girls. Um, He and I had, uh, he had his two girls. I had my two sons and then together we had our daughter. Um, So there was five of us. So going into my NPE discovery story is um, I received a Facebook request, a friend request around 2012. And it was some random gentleman named Hector Rivera And I ignored it. I was like, "Mm, that's weird because you always get these spam requests and I didn't think anything of it. So I ignored it and went on. I did see if there was a message and it was uh, basically um, by Bible scripture. And I just thought it was a spam. Um, So then months later, I received another friend request from a lady named Daira Rivera. And She seemed like a wholesome person. I just looked at it and I just said, you know, I tugged at it and I said, um, do I know you? And she messaged me back on messenger and she says, uh, you don't know me, but her message back to me was in kind of broken English. So I, I really thought it was another spam, but she says, my husband believes that he's your father. And mind you, this is back in 2012 or 13 and she says he he believes he's your father. He's a loving man. He's wonderful to me and my family. And he had cancer, and he wanted to meet you before um, he he passes away. Is what the message oh. said. Wow, I remember telling my parents about this happening when that occurred, and I think my dad said something along the lines of, "Yeah." there's some crazy guy in Florida who tried calling us here. Don't believe it for one bit is what my dad James said. And I said, Oh, okay. So I thought for sure, you know, this, we'll just let that go. Moving forward to about 2016, I was coaching cheerleading at the time. My kids were getting bigger and um, I had one cheerleader who Um. She was already older. She grew up and she was working a job at a pizza place and she gets a call and she's like, hey, Jen, she's like, some guy called me here at work asking for you. And I don't know how he got her phone number out of all of my friends on Facebook. Maybe she wasn't blocked, but he was able to contact her and she said the same thing. She says he thinks he's your your biological dad. And I was like, oh, no, don't. Don't feed into that. I said, next time he calls, you let him know that you're going to call the police. So I, I just said, don't even, you know, but she says, but Jen, he's such a nice man. She's like, even if it is a scam, she's like, he's so believable. And he knows your mom. And she called my mom by her name, Imelda. She goes, he knows your mom, Imelda. And he knows your brother or your dad, Dennis. And Dennis is not my dad's name. Dennis is my brother. But that's what she said. And it made me really think, no, this is somebody fishing. Mm -hmm. So it did pique my interest because somebody's obviously trying really hard to get in touch with me. So she says, Jen, I took his phone number down. She's like, you can take it or you can throw it away. She's like, but You know, like I said, he sounds like a nice, genuine person. And she said the same thing that he says he's dying of cancer and he wanted to meet you first before he died. So, again, I'm thinking this is crazy. There's no way. So um, I took the phone number down and I just kind of sat, you know, and stood and thought about, you know, what should I do? You know, and I talked to my husband about this. And one day I just went to my mom and, you know, she was out front in her front yard. She lived five houses down from me and she was watering the grass. And I brought it up to her real casually. I'm like, Hey mom, you know, there's some man named Hector that keeps trying to reach me. And he says he's possibly my biological father and that he could be dying from cancer. And my mom, she just retorted really fast. And she was very angry about it. She says, well, then let him die and i thought that is not a good response number 1 and number 2 if it was un- if it wasn't true you would definitely say no there's no way that could be you know that's impossible you would think it, instead my yeah. mom's answer is let him die was kind of really you know i just didn't understand where that came from and it was kind of you know angry and that really like piqued my interest again so I let it go. I time passed again and I was in school. I'm in medical school and we're discussing blood types at this point. I know that I'm a, an O blood type. And I asked my parents, I'm like, what blood type are you? I know my dad's blood type because he's always, he'd always say, oh, I'm a blood type. B positive. Just like my attitude is what my dad James would say. And one day I asked my mom, I'm like, what's, what's your blood type? And she kind of steps back and she's like, why? And I'm like, mom, just, you know, just asking. We're doing a blood drive at school. And, you know, I'm just curious. And she's like, well, I'm B positive And they won't want my blood anyways because I'm, uh, hyper. I have hypertension is what she said. I thought, okay. So at that point, I'm really curious because I know I have a different blood type than both of my parents. So... Once again, I'm, I'm just kind of watching my mom's body language when, when she's answering these questions. And she seems to be so uncomfortable. So I'm like, okay, well, I did look into it. And you can have a different blood type than both of your parents. But it's not very common, I guess, um, from what I understand. But at this time, I'm really curious. So I go back because I don't delete the friend request from either Hector or his wife. And I'm curious and I'm at work. I'm working and I'm in on my break in the lunchroom. And I pull up H- Hector's Facebook again. And I look at his, like, I kind of snoop through his pictures because it's wide open. It's not blocked. And then I come across one of his daughters, his youngest daughter. And to me, she looks just like me. So I, like a creeper, I snapped a shot of her picture. I screenshotted it and I came home and I showed it to my husband and I said, look, what do you think of this, this picture? And his jaw dropped and he's like, who is that? She looks like you. And it pretty much confirmed my thoughts. It was, it was hard to to accept but then I when I clicked back onto his messenger I found out that he had sent me multiple messages and you don't see them unless you actually accept their friend request or you go into the messenger and that's when I saw his messages to me you know explaining the scenario of what happened when he met my mom how it came looking for me and you know, I was 36 when I found him, or we discovered each other. It was very upsetting when I found out. Um, I cried for days and days. And I was upset with my parents for not telling me. But Hector, you know, was such a patient man. He he just had, like, the most patience and... um forgiveness in his heart that he said, you know, it's okay. You know, your parents took you and raised you well and look at you now, you know, you're doing great. You had a wonderful life. And he was able to get me to calm down. I guess it was most upsetting when he was, he showed me my own baby picture with my mom's handwriting on the back of it. And that was pretty confirming. Um, I I just cried a lot in those first few days. Um, Oh, he had a picture
1: of you from your mom.
0: My mom gave him a picture. Um, It was actually when we lived in New Jersey that she mailed him a picture of me. She found out where he lived in Florida. And I don't know how she got his address, but she was able to send him a picture. But we only lived in New Jersey for the one year. And then we, when we moved back to California, she never had any contact again with him. So a little background on my mom. Um, she She didn't even finish grade school. She grew up very, very poor in the Philippines. Um, she was one of six children and only my grandmother raising her. And so she wanted to help out too, you know, as poor as they were in the province, it was, it's third world country where they grew She grew up. Um, so she had my, my oldest brother, Joel, and my grandmother took care of him. And then she moved towards the base near the base. Um, and then she, was pregnant with my brother, Dennis, my older brother. She had him too. That man left her basically with a son and she, she didn't trust a lot of men for a while. Um, she met Hector and Hector was a lot younger than my mom. Um, I believe he was like four years younger than my mom. He was only 19 And she met him. He was military and they were dating and she ended up pregnant with me. And I guess when she brought that to Hector's attention, he said, "Um, I can't have a child right now. I'm still a child myself, basically, is how my mom put it. And he said he couldn't do that. And he knew my mom had my brother, Dennis. He didn't know about my oldest brother. And, you know, my mom just said, okay, well, if you can't deal with it, then I'll deal with it myself. She also knew my dad, James, um, already. And I guess when he would come to the Philippines, he was a pilot in the air force. He would, um, he would talk with her and they would hang out, I guess. I don't know the whole gist of it, but he would be there and they met and, He fell for my mom. And I believe she said that knowing she was pregnant, he accepted it. And he's always wanted children. He did have a daughter here in the U.S. She lived in Michigan. And that his mom, his, um, excuse me, his relationship with her, he supported her, but the mom didn't want him to have anything to do with her. But, you know, he was loving to her anyhow, but he accepted my mom and her two sons because she let him know that not only did she have my son, my brother, Dennis, she had another son that lived in the province with my grandma. Immediately, he said, bring him, bring him to me and we're going to be a family. He married my mom two months before I was born. And that's where it started. And um, I was his child. His name was on my birth certificate and I really thought, you know, he was my dad and he thought he was my dad too, because when I finally had the nerve to approach them about it, um, after I was able to calm down, I went to both of them and I sat down with them at their dining room table and I said, mom, dad, I said, I know the truth about Hector and no matter what, it's not going to change my feelings for you both. We're going to be okay. We're Nothing's going to change anything whatsoever. I said, I love you both. I appreciate everything you've done for me. You know, But here I am, 36 years old. It's not like I'm going to disown them. It's not like I can run away. I'm just letting them know I know the truth. And my dad looks at me, bold face, and he says, what are you talking about? Are you talking about this crazy guy in Florida again? I'm like, Dad, I know the truth. He denied it. He denied it, denied it, denied it. And my mom, she looked at me and she's like, What are you talking about? She again doesn't want to admit it. So the very next day, my mom says, I need a ride to the store. She never drove. She never had a license and never drove. So I said, "Okay, I pick her up." And on our way, as soon as we left the driveway, she says, "Hector is your father." She admitted it to me. And she told me the whole story on how he didn't want a child, he wasn't ready. It pretty much matched what Hector had to say. Yeah, it was it was hard hearing it come from my mom because it was concrete at that point, you know, also, you know, outside of seeing the picture, I, I got the truth from her as well, but she said, you know, we didn't want to come out with this, the truth. She said she didn't want to come out with the truth until she told until my dad, James, excuse me, passed away. So a little story about my dad here, my dad, James, he was very sick. He was actually very diagnosed with agent orange from the military and he had Mm. so many different ailments. He had diabetes, congestive heart failure, um, hypertension, you name it. He had a lot of different ailments. And um, so he was sick and my mom took care of him. And she says, I don't, I didn't want to tell you the truth until, you know, your dad died. And, and because it would hurt him to know, you know, that I told you. And I said, mom, it's, it's okay. She says, yeah, but he, he wanted you to only be his. And I said, I get that. And I totally do. I still do. So, and respect to my dad, I just kept it a secret that, or not a secret, but I just, any, any relationship I had developed with Hector, I let, I kept it away from my dad. Mm-hmm. So um, the very next year I flew to Florida with my husband and my youngest daughter, Karina. Um, we all flew to Florida and we met him and he is a little man. He was only five foot two and I'm taller than that. And I'm taller than my mom. She was a little lady. She was only four 11 and I still Despite hearing it from my mom, despite, you know, everything, I still wanted a DNA test. When we got to Florida, we did a DNA test. Um, it took days to get the results, but he set it up. Hector set it up. And um, on that day, the very, the I don't remember, I think it was four days later because we spent a week in Florida. Uh, We got the results, and I was 99.9991% his daughter. And um, I already knew it, but again, you cry because it's like more and more evidence that James is not my dad. And so it Mm -hmm. hurts, you know, it hurts because you feel like you lived a lie that you, you know you were betrayed and and i hurt so many different ways like could i have known hector as a young daughter could i have been you know in his family would things have been different you know um Not that I deny that I didn't have a good upbringing. Like I said, my mom and I weren't close. And my dad was in the military, so he was gone a lot. And when I find out, you know, my dad, Hector, he was a family man, a a big time family man. He like he even coached softball with um, for my my sister. So it's, it's like we had a lot in common right off the bat. You know, he was a coach. I was coaching cheerleader. So I guess I still was having a hard time believing everything because you just don't want to, at some point, you kind of just want to not believe it's real. It's hard to, to fathom the whole thing when, you know, you're on our side of the, of the story. And, you know, when I discovered that Hector shortly after I was born and he he kind of just couldn't find my mom or he lost that relationship with my mother, he met a lady in Panama, Miss Dida, who is would be my stepmother. Um, And he married her and she already had three children. And I thought, you know, that is like beyond me that you didn't want to be with my mom because she had a son and your child on the way. But then you, you meet a lady and she's already got three children and you take them on. And I think it was maybe his, you know, guilt or something. I don't know. But they ended up having a beautiful, beautiful family. They do have a beautiful family. Their relationship is amazing. He was a great dad to all three of his children there. And it shows like everybody there, they just... Everyone in Florida loves him, Panama, Puerto Rico. So Hector is a Puerto Rican man. I actually still had a grandmother alive when I met him. Her name is Juanita Rivera, and I got to meet her. Um, they're Puerto Ricans, but they're very light-skinned Puerto Rican people with freckles, light, fair skin. And I think that's why it was believable that I was half white because they're not dark skin. They don't have the curly hair. So the whole time it was believable to me that I was half white. When I met him, when I met Hector, it was July 13th of 2016. Um, We kept talking. I got to meet my sister at that time. Um, they were very sweet. Everybody was kind and loving. They accepted me. They took me in, but they kind of started overwhelming me. Um, and I don't know if everybody else felt this way, but it was already like a shock when they became my family but then they would text me and they love FaceTime. They love to FaceTime and they just wanted to meet me more and more. They just wanted to know everything about me and my children. And it was great, but then it was just overbearing at some time. You know, sometimes I would just constantly, I'm getting calls from Dida, my sister calls and texts from Hector. And I was just like, I was still trying to heal and still trying to, comprehend everything and and so as I'm getting all of these texts and and calls I just started becoming kind of angry about everything because I would be driving in the car and sometimes I'd have my mom and I'd get a text and she'd see it on the car on the you know on the screen in my car and yeah there's no way I wanted to hurt anybody. You know, I just wanted to keep it, you know, as my thing with them. And my mom discovered, you know, oh, you're talking with them, you know, and you're you're developing a relationship, which my mom was okay with. She never she never said that she had a problem with it. But I wanted to to protect my dad James. I didn't want to hurt him. So I ended up, you know, Little by little, I would tell my brothers, I told my each brother at one at a time. And my oldest brother, Joel, says that he somewhat remembered my mom dating Hector. He remembered him when he was a little boy. He remembered Hector coming around. Um, but anyhow, um, it was it was hard to bring it up every time I would tell my brothers, you know, the truth about me having a different dad, you know, they just kind of, okay. And they would just walk away from it. And they never really said anything. They're not big on, Oh, what else do you know? You know, they're not, they're guys. They don't want to know a whole lot of detail. Um, but my mom was embarrassed. My mom was so embarrassed because she felt like people would think wrong of her. They would think that she was, you know, who knows what. And she, you know, to protect her, I didn't want to, you know, make her sound like a bad person. She was doing what she did to make us, to give us the best life. And that's what her goal was. And she did that. She gave us the best life. So I, I wasn't angry at with my mom anymore at all. I, I let it go. And I said, mom, you know, I forgive you. You, you did what she had to do. And I totally understand, you know, I was understanding with her and we hugged it out. And, um, little by little, when I'd hang out with my mom, she would tell me a little more stories about what was happening, um, or how, how it all went down. She would tell me her memories of Hector and, um, you know, it, it was nice to hear her, you know, tell me the stories, but she says, you know, we never can take away what your dad did to it for us. And I never would. My dad was amazing. Um, he was, he was flew a lot. He was gone a lot. Um, when we were little, but we never once were in need. We never sacrificed. We never were, um, hungry, always had a roof over our head. So I'm going to fast forward. We're back to where I'm like listening or getting all these calls. And I'm, I kind of started, um, shying away from my family in Florida. I, I felt guilt a lot in my heart. And every time they would call me, I just kept feeling just sad for my dad here cuz my dad's health here was you know plummeting going down he was just in and out of the hospital and i, I couldn't help but feel terrible every time they would call and you know and just want to talk and get to know me more and more and here i am you know worried sick that my dad's going to die and you know I, I it was just so hard it was it was difficult because you know, you're, you're going through these emotions here and the, their emotions, there were excitement and happy. And we want you to come back to Florida. We want, my sister lives in Georgia, actually. Um, my youngest one. She's like, I want you to come to Georgia. And, you know, I did, I made a trip there. I met my grandma there. I did a lot. And that's where I think also guilt just kept, it, it, it's, it's like a tug of war between wanting to be happy with them and then being guilty for my dad here and his health declining. And it was just, it was just something I was like having to battle over and over again. And that takes a toll on you, you know, it takes a toll on your health, your your soul, your heart. And, and I was just being tugged in so, so many directions. And for a while, I stopped actually answering a lot of their calls because in 2019, Um, in June, my dad died. Oh, I'm sorry. And yeah, thank you. My dad, James died and, um, it was tough. It was really tough. Um, to his dying day, I let him, um, know that he was my dad. He knew, he knew he was my dad. Um, I didn't want to hurt him. He knew. I knew. Because he said something one day. To the fact of. Why does everyone always want to take away what's mine? And when he said that. I knew exactly what he meant. (laughs) But. He went. He passed away in June. And. um, At that point. Hector started. Um, he kept calling again. And when you're grieving and Hector kept trying to call me, I was, it was kind of making me angry because I'm like, let me grieve my dad. Let me do this without the other side of guilt coming in. (laughs) Something along the lines there happened to my mom here and my mom became ill too and my mom was 10 years younger than my dad and she became ill with some sort of an autoimmune disease that the doctors couldn't figure out and only 5 months later
1: um my mom died oh god jennifer
0: yeah my mom died in in august of 2019 no oh, excuse me november my mom died in twenty nineteen. And if you believe this, you can. If you don't, I don't blame you, but Hector died two weeks after my mom oh. died. Oh. It was crazy. That year was the hardest year of my life. Um I have so many regrets. I didn't. I never let Hector come here to California to meet my kids. He got to meet my daughter Karina and my husband, and everything he saw of my children was over social media or on Facetime. But he didn't ever get a chance to come to California to meet my kids like he wanted. He was only sixty-two when he yeah. passed away. Um, my mom was sixty-seven when she died. And, um, it was awful, but I, I don't know why it all happened like that. And it was like, as if God needed me to know Hector first. And then everything came cr- crumbling down. It was just the most bizarre chain of events that happened in 2019. But, you know, I had to really become spiritually okay to to understand that, you know, I'll be able to see them again later on when I die. And um, that there was a reason that things, you know, God has a reason for all of us. He has a purpose for all of us. And um, I, I, I just have to live my life knowing that there was a reason that things happened the way they did. Um, I do regret though, not letting him meet those, my children um, because he's very similar to my oldest son. He, His mannerisms and my, my oldest boys, they just act so much alike. Um, but I can't live in regret. I have to you know I have to move forward with my life, and it's been tough, and I have to also remember that we had the pandemic hit, oh my God. and if they would have all been sick during the pandemic, we wouldn't have been able to be on their at their bedside. Mm-hmm. you know we wouldn't have been able to be in the hospital when my mom was sick and um that's what i have to also be grateful for you know if there's any silver lining is like god took them before the pandemic and and um, we were able to mm. be at their bedside
1: i, I can't um, even imagine the sort of yeah, grief yep. you're you're going through have gone through are going through losing all three of your parents in such a short period of time i'm i'm so sorry for you Thank you.
0: Yeah, it was tough. I um, have a wonderful loving husband, Nick. He was there for me and my daughters, my sons, all of my, my family was just there for me. Even my brothers, you know, as much as they kind of just swept things under the rug, they were there for me and they, you know, well, of course we were there for each other when our parents died. But even Supporting me when Hector passed away. When they found that out. Because. You know. Because. If you could say I had. Greater loss than all of us. It was awful. And that sounds selfish. Because we all suffer in different ways. But. Man losing three was mm-hmm. really tough. Really tough. Um, so. Comes up. It turns out I'm Puerto Rican and Filipino, and um, I'm J Lo, like the other J Lo, the Puerto Mm -hmm. Rican J Lo. Yes,
1: I was going to say you're Puerto Rican too.
0: Yeah, yeah, just like she is. And
1: um, what about your last name? That's is you're Hispanic by and Lopez's husband. And my husband's Mexican. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: But it, it always made me wonder: Did my mom, you know, think about that when I married a guy with the last name Lopez? And you know, we all know J Lo is Puerto Rican. If it's like it was God sending her little signals, look, your daughter's going to bring it out somehow or another. <laughs> um, I have my sister in Georgia still, and. We're, we remain in contact. I had to let her know, you know, Hey, you're like, you're overwhelming me with all of your calls and your pictures and your FaceTiming. And she doesn't work. She didn't have to work. Her husband takes care of her. She doesn't work. I work do family thing. We do all that stuff. And she was always free to do all, you know, call and do all these these things. And I was like, you got to slow down because you're, you're overdoing it. But you know people would say look at where she's coming from you know she's she is so eager to know more about you because you are the missing piece you are their missing link
1: and um and I get that
0: I get that too
1: but I'm glad you brought um, that up because we've had a lot of people that have no contact with new family and we have people that have mm-hmm. you know have a union uh, with their new family but it's been a while since anyone's talked about that overwhelming, you know, almost, almost burdened how it's, how it can be too much with that? So yeah. I know there's people nodding along with that. So I'm glad, I'm glad oh, yeah. you verbalized that.
0: Yeah, it it was, it was, it was much. And that was, I think it was more so too much because, you know, you, I'm just battling the balance here, like trying to, I was trying to be there for my dad, trying to be there for my mom mm-hmm. and not feel like I was betraying them, but then also trying to be excited about the new family that was found, you know. And so it was just, I think trying to take it all on all at once was just like too much. And it made me just back out. I had to back down. And I just, I just didn't want to deal with it either way. You know, I didn't want to have to hide anymore from my parents. I didn't want to have to, you know, try to teach them everything about me from, you know, who I was here, you know. And and that was sad because they, that's, it was all love from Florida. It was all love from Florida and Georgia. They just wanted to know me. And, and I, you know, it was just, it was, it was hard to try to be, I guess, rude. I was, I guess I felt like I was being rude to them, like saying, Hey, I can't take your calls. I'm, I'm busy, you know, and, and it would hurt them. I think, I, I think I hurt Hector a lot by not taking his calls when he just wanted just just to be in my life. And then my sister, the same thing. I, I, I felt like I was hurting her too, but I honestly, it was like, I was tired. It was it was very tiring trying to to be both sides. Oh yeah.
1: And I know that you are in uh, some of the NPE Facebook groups, but if people yes. wanted to contact you, what would be the best way they could do that?
0: Um so you can find me on the NPE Facebook group uh, Nick Jennifer Lopez. Dash Postel, or you can reach me on my email at Jennifer, J E N N I F E R A Lopez,
1: L O P E Z, number seven at gmail.com. I will put that in today's show notes as well. And thank you so much for sharing this today and um, telling me your whole story. I I felt pretty sad for you there finding out about I didn't realize you'd just lost your parents. I'm so sorry about that, but thank you for sharing where you are at today.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was it was tough going through the story again. Um people that know me, gosh, they their hearts always go out to me and I don't look for sympathy. It's just you know, I like I said I had to I did endure a lot, but I I do have faith that, you know, there was a reason that I got to meet him just before he passed and just before, you
1: know, it was just turmoil, but I'm grateful for what I got. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.